From 9 News in Denver, Colorado, this is Blame, an ongoing investigation into a mother's death, her husband's secrets, and the lax police work that put Blame squarely on the shoulders of their six-year-old son. Was the shooting of Jill Wells really an accident? Join 9 Wants to Know in our pursuit to discover, is someone else to blame? A gunshot echoes across a windswept prairie. A young mother dead. Knowing everything that we know now. An investigation over before it began. I feel like I failed him too. Got feelings. Oh man, if I just would have known this a long time ago. There was a lot of red flags. And an unanswered question. The preponderance of evidence. I would have done something about this. This really points to a homicide. Was a six-year-old really to blame? like a big day today. Um, really want to uh, talk to Julie and Lynn and get to know them a little bit and talk to them about why we think this story is so important. You know, I've met Julie before and um, we spent a good part of a day together at one point uh, talking about her sister's death and about this case. I haven't met Lynn before, so I'm, I'm interested to do that. I'm interested to lay out some of the things in the documents that we have that we have keyed upon, including just discrepancies between what the official police report says about Mike Wells' actions right after the shooting, in which it says that he took his son into the house and then went out to try to aid Jill and then decided that she was you know, not breathing and then went in and called 911 versus what he said to the 911 operator who answered the phone, which was that he hadn't checked on her and he didn't know if she was breathing and that sort of thing. After looking into this story at different times the last few years, I'm in Missouri with producer Anna Houston to meet with two of Jill Wells' sisters, Lynn and Julie. You'll hear from Julie in a moment. She has the higher voice. Julie was the one who asked the Lincoln County Sheriff's Department to reopen the investigation into Jill's death. Lynn, the other person you're about to hear from, is incredibly close to Tanner, the boy who was blamed for accidentally shooting his mother, Jill. Lynn became Tanner's guardian and raised him after the death of his father, Mike Wells. She's become like a second mom to him. We're about to walk her through the evidence we've uncovered. You're gonna hear the rustling of papers and periods of silence, and even a few gasps as we go over what we now know. I'm gonna give you, I brought two copies to leave these with you guys, maybe you have some of this stuff, but I was just gonna sort of walk you through some stuff. Okay. And um, I don't know, like I said, I don't know what you've seen. Okay. So this first document is, it's two pages, and it's the Sheriff's Department's total report on mm -hmm. Jill's death. And maybe you've seen this before, I don't know. Mm, no, I haven't seen this mm -mm, mm -mm. I saw one and a half page report and then heard the tape. Right. Mm. <gasps> Did you read it all? Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yeah, wow. The one thing I would tell you about this is uh, having seen many, many 
reports of shootings or other accidental deaths or crimes is that this is a very short report. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's no there's no witness statements. There's no statement taken from Mike apparently. There's a few things in here that are attributed to him, but no sit-down interview. And maybe that's not a big surprise to you. Maybe a lot of this is known to you, but... And they didn't even have him in for questioning later on, did they? They did not. I mean, they didn't. There's a second report that was done, which is the next thing in the stack there. It's a, it's a Hunter Education Association report. It's, it's basically to collect data on shooting incidents. It's basically checking a lot of boxes and, and filling out some things. But those two things are sort of the sum total of what the Sheriff's Office did in 2001 in terms of investigating. Right. Fingerprints? Did they get fingerprints? They didn't <laughs> fingerprint the guns. They didn't. Wow. Um, ballistics test the guns. They right. didn't conduct an autopsy. Mm -hmm. They didn't pick up the shell casings to examine them in any way. Isn't that amazing? Disgusting. No, it was target practice. Target shooting. And Tanner was trying to reload the lever action 22 rifle. That's what. Did um, kid that young actually do that? And cock the gun. Cock the gun. That's the main thing that, I mean, my sister Joy was just really questioning how, how a young boy could do that. The next page shows, and again, maybe, <laughs> maybe you know this, but the next page shows that the, the guns were returned to Mike less than 24 hours later. <gasps> what? So you can see the, the date and the time that the guns were returned to him. It was a little afternoon the following oh day. Oh my gosh. Oh my. Okay. So they weren't even kept for evidence. Or testing. Right. Okay. This is the uh, paperwork from the coroner. I would tell you that the coroner, uh, Don Bender at that time, mm -hmm. um, was not a medical doctor. Um, I don't know at this point what training he may have had, but I know that his day job was working for the electric company. It's the coroner's job to have an autopsy done. In this case, he did not do that. You would think it would, it would um, be mandatory if it's a gunshot wound. Well, actually they did tell us we wanted to go see the body, see Joe before. Yeah, we, and they said that they, she was getting an autopsy and we couldn't see, we couldn't see her, so. Wow, do you and know who told you that? So you that remember? was a lie. I, I don't um, remember. I, I can't remember who it was, but we requested that we could go, go visit, even while we, I mean, I think everybody wanted to go mm -hmm. and just, before the funeral, and they said, well, she's, they're doing an autopsy. And then I remember, though, when she was in the, in the casket, I looked to see, you know, the mm -hmm. entry wound, and I could not find it. Mm -hmm. But I didn't look that hard, but I'm sure they covered it with makeup and everything. Yeah, and I was with my daughter, and I was trying really hard to, you know, not 
call attention to if this is an accident or not, you know, and so. Okay, it says on examination of funeral home, hole was about one inch above right ear. Three rings, left hand, two rings. Is this stuff you've seen before? No. Okay. Autopsy, it says no. No. Yeah. Okay. Somebody's taken away from their two sons and there's no autopsy. Did you know that before today? Um, I thought, I thought, I, I guess I thought there's an autopsy or something. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. I just assumed there was. Yeah, there was one done years later, but there wasn't. <gasps> right. By this point, it was clear those police reports and documents were revealing new information for Lynn and Julie, but they were also opening old wounds. Yeah, I think when we got the call, I mean, I, I, I know exactly where I was sitting, my dad, what he said and over the phone he said you need to sit down and you need to listen and I have to tell you something and I remember we just screamed we just screamed my daughter and I and even our dog just sat there and just looked at us like he knew something was wrong and my husband was so upset because he loved Jill he didn't even go to the funeral. He couldn't. He just couldn't, my dear husband. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Yeah. And then we got these different <laughs> conflicting stories, you know. I'm about to show them something that might leave them questioning Mike Wells' character and their presumption of his innocence. This next batch of stuff is maybe is all stuff that you know or have seen. It's life insurance stuff. All I know is James, James did tell me the other day over the phone, he thinks that Mike and Jill went and got this exorbitant amount of life insurance about a month before she died. You know, they, they hadn't updated since Jake had been born. And I think it was like a month before she died. So this first policy is a JCPenney life insurance policy. Okay. It would have been worth um, $30,000 in, in this kind of an accident. The policy was purchased several years before okay. her death. Did he, did he collect on it? Well, he, he filed an, an affidavit for a claim. How long before, after she died that he filed that? It looks like he did this on April 23rd, so about a month later. Okay. That, that's Mike's signature. Okay, so a month later. A month later. Did he fill this out himself? Yeah, that's what we Mike. were wondering. He did? I'm guessing. I don't know his handwriting. Um, he definitely signed this here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is Mike's writing. Who was present at the time of the accident? Mike Wells, husband Tanner Wells' son. Jake was in the house watching cartoons. Mm -hmm. He was sleeping. Sleeping, well. Autopsy uh, in Quest held, no. Don't you even think, I'm <laughs> sorry, that even if you were the husband, don't you even think that you just want an autopsy just to... I would think that any insurance would want an autopsy. an autopsy before they would even... Wouldn't you just want to call a doctor too? It looks to me like Jill had a policy maybe through work that paid Mike $47,500.
So this next piece of paper is has to do with the life insurance that she bought just before she died. The date, it was actually in late February, so it was about four, four and a half weeks before she died. It really was. It really was. Okay. Um, that's how much life insurance <gasps> she applied for. Oh my gosh. Did and, you know that? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. And uh, I don't know what that wor those words mean right there, but mm -hmm. I find please, that troubling. Please rush. Please rush. You know, okay. I don't know who said that. I don't right. know who was told mm -hmm. that. I don't know. Mm -mm. But when you're buying life insurance and the instructions to the insurance yeah. people are to rush the, mm -hmm. right. the purchase. Right. The second page is also um, about that same account. Please rush is on here again. Yeah, please right. rush. Here's what we found out about the life insurance policies owned by Jill Wells. Two of them were pretty simple. Her JCPenney policy was worth $30,000, and her Cigna policy was worth $95,000. She also had a $200,000 policy through Allstate. And then there was the policy she bought just weeks before her death, a $500,000 policy through the Lincoln Benefit Life Insurance Company, with an additional $750,000 rider, bumping the policy's total value to $1.25 million. All of it was a shock as I explained it to Lynn and Julie. Ultimately what happened is that um, Allstate paid Mike a little over $200,000 and Lincoln Benefit paid him over $500,000. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. And so the combination of all of these insurance policies was, you know, close to $800,000 mm -hmm. that yeah. he was paid. Right. You asked me on the JCPenney one when he applied for the mm -hmm. payment, and it was a month later. But in this case, it was the next day. He called these insurance companies on the 29th. After you're so grief-stricken that this happened. Yeah. Oh. Mm -hmm. oh my gosh. There's just, oh my. I wouldn't, I mean, I would never even, I mean, that's oh my. the furthest thing from my mind is when I, I'm gonna get paid. And I would want to be with Tanner. If Tanner really did it, I would not let him out of my sight. I wouldn't have wanted him to leave my sight. I wouldn't have wanted to hold his hand and hug him and kiss him and not be on the phone with these guys. Yeah. There's no way. Oh my gosh. That insurance company was very suspicious okay. of all kinds of internal memos when they're basically people talking and saying, are we sure this really happened this way? Four times they called the sheriff, basically said, are you sure this was an accident? Right, right. And the sheriff kept saying yes. And sheriff Yell. Did he Sheriff Yell. Did he, okay, so when he got the money, had he sent them a death certificate? I mean... He would have been able to because it was signed the next day, so yeah, I don't know how long he would have 
needed to actually get a copy, but mm -hmm. the insurance company kept asking for a copy of the official report. Mm -hmm. And they were finally sent this official report. The sheriff told them on several times it wasn't finished yet, they were still working on it. Right. Which would imply to me that they were still investigating or whatever. This, this official report wasn't done until late May. So this two Whoa, pages. Late May? Two pages took two months. I mean, right. it doesn't make sense. The one we read first. Yes, yeah. yes. Oh, wow. So we've established that Jill was covered by several life insurance policies. More than $800,000 was paid out to her beneficiaries after she died, almost all of it going to her husband, Mike. But everyone has life insurance, right? One can't assume that alone is a motive for murder, but this is equally true. One investigator after another used the term red flag when talking about the timing of those payouts to Mike Wells. One of the things that um, strikes me is that Mike, over a long period of time, had big money problems. Mm -hmm. In 1997, 1998, and 1999, he and Jill did not pay state income taxes. Mom did tell me that Jill would always be so embarrassed that they'd have to go and negotiate with the bank about when tax season came. And Jill would just feel so, so sad about that. He had numerous judgments against his he business. He did. He owed, at the time he died. At the time Mike died? At the time Mike died, about $375,000 in back taxes to the federal <gasps> government. Whoa. Wow. Whoa. Um, and like I said, there were these numerous right. suits where companies sued him for not First business not performing, or this, right. or that, or it's a cold hard question to ask if he would have killed Jill to benefit financially. Yeah. But he did benefit financially. Mm -hmm. For um, the time being. Yeah. For the time being. For the time being. I'm just I'm I'm stunned mainly about that life insurance and when everything was bought. Yeah, that's that's hard to swallow. And you know, when you are in that much debt, and then you start, um, you'll do anything. I mean, you just don't even, you can't think straight. You just don't see a way out. I don't know if this is premeditated. I don't know if he just said, oh, I'm gonna, you know, take the family out and then this is gonna happen. Or if it just happened when he was just standing there at the site. I mean, I, I have no idea. That's why I, I do wanna talk to Tanner now. Yeah. I do wanna talk to Tanner and just ask him, what do you remember? He's never, I've never asked him. Does all this, does it make you think differently about yeah. what happened. It does. I mean, even, even if he somehow planted that gun in Tanner's hand, and I've, I've thought of that before, but I mean, it's, this makes it even more... Mm. If you look at all everything here, I mean, <laughs> it's clear that there were motives. There were some motives. 
of you know debt plus like drugs. You say drugs. Looking back at the life of Mike Wells, it's clear he had problems with drug addiction. After overdosing on methadone, he died in 2008. I work with drug addicts, and I know that you are a perfectly normal person and then this demon comes in and, and takes everything from you and mm-hmm. you're not you thinking become rationally. a totally different person right you're not even that same person um there maybe you have been some uh demons before but now you have the drug in there and now you're going to act on all those you know and and, and that's something that um Mm-hmm. I think I feel like that had was motivation, you know, just being out of your mind. I don't but. know if he was on way too many drugs at the time of Jill's death. You know, I, I don't know if he was. We're kind of talking in circles here. We are. But <laughs> all I'm saying is that, you know, I think that the, if you put the drugs and you put the history, if you look at the whole history of Mike and how how he's always been a daredevil he's always you know he's always wanted more than he's had you know Mm -hmm. and he's always looking for the next um big thing to make Mm -hmm. money you know and but it could have all been prevented if the coroner would have done his job and if it would have been tough on the boys but at the same time at least tanner would have known it wasn't i don't want one day for tanner to go hey listen i did not do this and well, and why? why and why did? And why didn't you? Let, and why didn't you? Why didn't you go to bed for my mom? You know, you know, the truth hurts, and I don't right. know if I want to find out the truth. And yeah, you know, being brave enough to say, "Hey, Tanner, let's talk. Mm-hmm. Let's really talk about things." Even now, 15 years after Jill Wells died, emotions felt by her family and friends are still very raw. We are walking through the investigation step by step. And armed with more questions after visiting her sisters in Missouri, we set out in a few new directions as we ask, who is really to blame for the death of Jill Wells? How are you? Next time on Blame. They don't photograph the body. They don't pick up any shell case. They don't take any measurements. They interview the father for 55 seconds. And they interview the boy while he's sitting in his father's lap. What's your to all that? I think it's a mistake. Yeah. Right there. Expert investigators review the death of Jill Wells. For a bullet hole in the head to be taken away and without an autopsy is, is absurd. It's unbelievable. What the Lincoln County Sheriff did and didn't do in this investigation that has so many people questioning who's really to blame. He blew that one. Blame is a production of KUSA-TV, Nine News, and Tegna Media. Nicole Vapp is executive producer, Anna Houston is the producer and editor, and I'm investigative reporter Kevin Vaughn. Find photographs, police reports, maps, and other evidence on 9news.com slash blame.